Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. I love interviewing passionate travelers, but sometimes I have so many ideas I want to do something on my own. So I'm going to talk about spring. And I thought I'd wing it this time. I have lots of experiences and places I remember. So let's talk about food, flowers, and festivals and, and have some fun. It seems like we've waited an awfully long time this year for a feeling of renewal. So I'm delighted to highlight springy things right now. And when I think about spring, I think about food. I've traveled all over the world and lots of places have special spring foods. And I can remember some of them just off the top of my head that are kind of interesting. And if you've never tried them, you might want to look them up when you go to some of these far off places. One is fiddlehead ferns. It sounds kind of funny, but they're delicious in the spring. Of course, lamb, asparagus, rhubarb, something called shad roe, which is little fish eggs. These are delicious. But the thing I remember the most, that the food I remember the most in traveling was in Germany in May. They have something called spargel. If you've ever had that, you know it is delicious. It's white asparagus. It doesn't taste like green asparagus. It tastes sweeter. And the people go crazy in Germany. I think other parts in that area, other countries too, but I know there. They have it for breakfast. They have it for lunch, dinner, and very often the same way. They, they serve it with butter and sprinkled breadcrumbs on top. And it is so delicious. And signs go out right away in the spring. I think it was May when I was there, but signs are up in every restaurant. We have spargel. And the locals call it white gold because it's very expensive. But they eat it constantly for a little while in the season in spring. And then they don't eat it the rest of the year. So they don't get tired of it. But I do remember that as one of my very favorite foods I've ever eaten. And I think of spring when I think of spargel. Uh, there are food festivals all over the world. There's a bacon festival in Sacramento, California. There's a herring festival in Denmark. There's a dumpling festival in Hong Kong where they have a dragon boat race. But my favorite food festival, I have not gone to. It is called Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling. And it's in England. And the revelers tumble down a hill after a nine pound round of double Gloucester cheese. And whoever nabs the cheese wins it. That sounds like fun. And I guess you spend some calories rolling down the hill. So that fascinates me. As far as flowers, well, you can just drive anywhere along the roadsides and see beautiful wildflowers. I think of the red poppies in, in Provence, France, and I think of the yellow fields beyond them. There's something called rapeseed, and it's uh, it's it's kind of canola oil uh, plant, and it's bright yellow. So you have the red and the yellow. And I see that in my my eyes when I think of, of spring. It's in the, the back of my head all the time when I think of flowers, those beautiful contrasts of colors of just the beautiful wildflowers. Of course, there are gardens. Two of my favorites are Giverny. That's Monet's garden, the painter Monet outside of Paris. And um, if you know his water lilies, he painted them based on his pond and his garden. And of course, his house is there with a beautiful yellow kitchen and flowers all around. And if you go there in spring, it's spectacular. 
But my very favorite spring garden, and it is only a spring garden, it closes after springtime, is known the world worldwide. It's Kuchenhof. It's outside of Amsterdam. There are over 7 million spring blooms on almost 80 acres and tulips and hyacinths and daffodils, lilies and roses. And, you know, it goes into the early summer as well. But the best time to visit is late April, early May. If you can pull that time and just, just, just be there, then everything is blooming. And you can walk around there and have local foods and, and just there, you know, there are ponds and, and uh, there's a beautiful estate you can visit. And just outside of Kuchenhof, you have the tulip fields themselves. If you take a car, you can just drive along. And if you take a train, there's a double decker. I would sit on the top deck and look at those gorgeous blankets, striped blankets of tulips. It is gorgeous. Festivals. Okay. I have some festivals that I love. And I've been to some of them. I haven't been to others, but I'm looking very closely at them. Most of them are based on religion and cleansing or rebirth, the idea of rebirth in spring. Of course, there's St. Patrick's Day. Everybody knows about that one. It's celebrated in more countries than any other national festival. And I think the festivals in New York and Savannah, Georgia, rival those in Ireland. The customary traditions, of course, are wearing green clothing and shamrocks, which St. Patrick used to explain the Holy Trinity. I never realized why there were shamrocks, but that is why. And there are parades and music and dancing and feasting and lots of whiskey because the Lenten restrictions are officially lifted for that day. I like the fact that a lot of the American cities turn their rivers green. Chicago does it, Tampa, San Antonio, Savannah used to do it, but they didn't stay green because of the tides. So they turned their fountains green. And then there's the Green River in Charlotte. And uh, not only is it green, but the people can be doused green too, which reminds me of the most colorful festival in the world and one that is getting extremely popular. I've seen lots and lots of ads and pictures all over. It's called Holy Festival, H-O-L-I. It's celebrated during February and March in areas with large Hindu populations. And it uses color to celebrate good over evil. At the nighttime bonfire before the celebration, people sing and dance. But the next day is the fun part because people wear white and then they throw dye powder. They squirt water guns and colored water-filled balloons and children and adults and rich and poor all are a happy, colorful mess. I have never been there, but I sure want to go. What water is to Sangran, color is to holy, and Sangran is a Sanskrit word for astrological passage. It means a change or transformation. And the Buddhist New Year is celebrated with Sangran after the spring equinox. So that's when their New Year happens. So uh, I have not been there either. But it sounds like it is a little less colorful, but certainly interesting and fun. The mornings start out at the Buddhist temples, and you offer food to the monks, and you purify the statues of the Buddha with water, and the young people and the elders are also in the purification process. And then the family members go home. They pay tribute to their ancestors. They clean their houses. Everyone dresses up. It's very lovely. And some people... Uh, enjoy the firecrackers that are set off on April 13th to ward off the bad luck in the new year. But the best part of Songran to me is in Thailand, Water Day, the most notorious water fight of all. Thais still visit their local monastery, 
But Songran has morphed into an absolute revelry across the kingdom. In Chiang Mai, the streets are closed to traffic and they're packed with young people for the world's biggest water fight. Water balloons, water guns, even elephant trunks are used to get you drenched. The ultimate in wet and wild. Sounds like fun. Another fun celebration based on religion is celebrating St. Joseph. It's called Las Falas, and it's a traditional Spanish celebration. And the falas are the big puppets, giant puppets. They're made of paper mache, wood, and wax. And every day, this goes on from March 19th, the puppets are paraded and there's decorations and music and residents in traditional costumes and paella in every restaurant. But on the final day, after a massive bonfire and fireworks, all the fallas are set alight in grand blazes. So you have fire, we have fire, we have water, we have color. All these festivals celebrate life in spring. A little more somber, a little more well-known is Semana Santa, Holy Week, which is in March, April in Seville, a spectacular Easter festivity where very intricately crafted religious statues are paraded through the streets with processions of brotherhoods and traditional robes. It's very somber, but there's plenty of feasting afterwards. A similar ceremony is held in Antigua, Guatemala. I have been a part of that. And I think perhaps that's the most beautiful of all. Within 24 hours, layers of sand are placed on Antigua's cobblestone streets and then covered with multicolored sawdust, decorations, pine needles, flowers. It's exquisite. They're natural carpets called alfumbras. And as the participants in purple robes shuffle along the route, all the alfumbras scatter. They're gone. It's a very somber but very beautiful uh, feeling of evanescence of the end of something and the beginning of something. It's, it's, it's a, a, a very beautiful ceremony and people come from all over the world to see this. There's a few non-religious uh, festivals I like too, because they're quirky. One is called Sexalointen and it's spelled S-E-C-H-S-E-L-A-U-T-E-N. It's celebrated in Zurich in Switzerland. And there's this 12 foot tall creature called the Bogue, B-O-O-G-G. He looks scary and he's burned to represent the end of winter. On April 20th, the church bells ring, there are parades. At six o'clock, there's the burning of the Bogue. And according to the locals, the faster the Bogue's head explodes, the better the summer will be. Kind of reminds me of Groundhog Day, where the shadow is a prediction of how long winter lasts. But my favorite part is that afterwards, sausages are grilled on the burning embers of the Bogue's pyre. Very, very sensible. Uh, Another holiday that's kind of quirky in a strange way is Queen's Day in the Netherlands, which was commemorated on Queen Beatrix's birth, even though Her Royal Highness was born in January. With the crowning of her son, Willem Alexander, the holiday became King's Day or Konigsdag and is celebrated on April 27th, which is conveniently his birthday. So there's an official ceremony and then there's this huge county countrywide flea market. So you can buy yourself a present. There are lots of local festivals all through spring. I like one in Clearwater Beach, Florida. It's called the Pier 60 Sugar Sand Festival. Lots of sculptors come and they use tons of sand thousands of tons of sand and it's beautiful but the art lasts only a short while like a beautiful wedding cake i guess that's spring 
course, there's a rodeos in the West. There's the Oklahoma Quarter, Quarter Horse Spring Show. And there's the Boston Marathon, which is not run this year, but it usually leads up to Patriots Day on April 20th. At the Old North Church, the lanterns are lit on April 19th, as they have been since 1875. And in nearby Lexington and Concord, reenactments, parades, tours, and special events commemorate the opening battle of the revolution. And then, of course, baseball fans head to Fenway Park, which reminds me that there's spring training. And there are wonderful things called baseball camps. If you know a baseball fan, you can give him or her the best gift of all, and they can meet all the players. And it's just fabulous. I have lots of favorite spring memories, but I'm going to give you two of them. Uh, they both deal with lodgings. And uh, one is in New Zealand. Now, springtime in New Zealand is in November. And uh, I was there then, and the lupins were spring flowers, and lupins were everywhere. I was traveling around from manor house to manor house. I was writing an article for an upscale magazine, so I was staying at really beautiful places. I got to this one lovely place late at night. I, I, I just went into my room. I didn't have dinner. I just went to sleep. The next morning, I opened the curtains, and there, right in front of me, I mean, right exactly on my patio, right maybe three feet away, were hundreds of sheep and lambs grazing away. I was at a sheep farm. I had no idea. It was something I, I just can't forget. It was one of my favorite memories because it was a surprise. There's another lodging I remember, and I was in the Greek islands doing a chapters for a guidebook for photos. And I was on the island of Limnos. And it was late April, I think. And I hadn't made a reservation. I figured I could get, you know, lodging. I, I, I knew how to do it. I was kind of aware of that. But for some reason, no place was open. And I was stuck. I'd had no place to stay that night. One big hotel took pity and said, okay, you can come. We're not ready to open. There's a skeleton crew. Nobody's living here, but you can stay here. It was kind of like staying in The Shining in the hotel. You know, nobody was in there and it was kind of scary. But I just could run in the halls and I could sing and I just had the whole place to myself. And in the morning I went down and I made breakfast in the big steel, stainless steel kitchen. I remember I had yogurt and honey and walnuts. I had a ball. It was something I don't recommend doing because you should always have your, uh, you know, your reservations, at least for your beginning and the end of your trip. But, uh, but it was a wonderful experience. I, I will never forget it. And, and that's the kind of thing, you know, the, the, the hard stories and the scary stories and the funny stories are the ones you remember the most. And uh, those are two of them, just two of them. Anyway, if you liked this little uh, solo talk of mine in my episode, should I do them every once in a while? Connect with me and let me know on my website, placesireememberleahlane.com. And if you want to follow my travel writing, I write five posts a month at Forbes.com. Until next time, go out safely and make your own spring travel memories. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, placesiremembereleahlane.com, and keep making your own travel memories.